Investment advisory services offered through Sound Income Strategies, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisory firm. Johnson Wealth and Income Management and Sound Income Strategies, LLC are not associated entities. Johnson Wealth and Income Management is a franchisee of the Retirement Income Store. The Retirement Income Store and Sound Income Strategies, LLC are associated entities. What kind of a retirement plan allows millions of people to lose 30 to 50% of their life savings just as they near retirement? It's a society based on freedom and choice and personal responsibility. There are no guarantees. It's important that people deal with someone to make sure to provide lifetime income. Lifetime income. And now to our story. Welcome to the Capitalized Life and Retirement Program with Matthew Johnson, powered by the Retirement Income Store and brought to you by Johnson Wealth and Income Management. Are you living the life you want? Are you prepared for retirement as you believe you should be? What are your goals for retirement and how are you going to reach them? In the next 30 minutes of today's program, let's explore the principles necessary to live the capitalized life and the retirement of your dreams. Now, here's this week's Capitalized Life and Retirement program with your host, Matthew Johnson. And welcome to this episode of the Capitalized Life and Retirement Show. I'm your host, Matthew Johnson, president and owner of Johnson Wealth and Income Management, a retirement income store located in Clear Lake and Humboldt, Iowa. Well, I hope you're doing well this morning. I hope you're able to spend a few moments just relaxing and listening. And I hope to be able to provide a little bit of maybe comic relief, a little bit of thought, maybe be able to educate you just a little bit. And I want to remind you that today's episode, as all of our episodes are, they are powered by the Retirement Income Store. And what is the Retirement Income Store? Well, The Retirement Income Store was created a number of years ago to be able to help educate the general public on what it takes to retire, number one, and number two, be able to provide you that information and that education in a way that's actually basic and understandable by the average human being. You know, part of working within the financial services industry, and even I get kind of tired of this, is all of the technical jargon, all of the esoteric language that we use and we're talking about puts and spreads and credits and on and on and on and on. And that means absolutely nothing to the average person. And I think that the retirement income store has done a great job of being able to just help in basic terms you to understand what it's going to take for you to retire, what kind of tools you want to have implemented into your plan for retirement. And it gives you that ability of being able to find someone to work with if you believe that you want to be retiring sooner rather than later. So let's get into today's program because I have a feeling I'm going to perk up your interest. You're going to hear me when I say, I'm going to teach you today how to save less and get more. How does that sound? Save less and get more. For all of you that are out there, you know, I heard a phrase a number of years ago that a lazy man always does it right the first time. And when you think about it, it's actually quite true, isn't it? You know, I try to teach my kids we want to do things, do it right, do it right the first time so we don't have to go back and do it again. And in today's world, we know that our dollars are not as prevalent as what they used to be. It seems like we have to work really, really hard, as just all generations have, to be able to make the kind of income that we need. And even though, yes, we are maybe in a position where we're earning more than even our parents earned, isn't it also true that the cost of living has gone up for us? 
And so this idea of being able to save less in our retirement and get more, well, that sounds pretty attractive, Matthew. How do I make that happen? Well, let me give you first a little bit of context here. I was just recently reading an article that CNBC had posted on the internet, and it caught my attention because I'm an income guy. I help people create plans to have income in retirement. That's what I do as a fiduciary. And it says how much you'll need to invest every month to earn $35,000 per year in interest for retirement. So boy, that really piqued up my ears and my curiosity. And so I get into this article and what does it say? Well, end result is this. If you want $35,000 of income per year, you've got to be able to save 1.1, nearly $1.2 million for retirement. And I thought, that is simply not true. It is simply not true. You see, the way that they're creating the $35,000 is by looking simply and completely at things within the stock market, looking simply and truly at things that are low interest bearing. You remember the movie, Something's Gotta Give? And Jack Nicholson. And Jack Nicholson looks at this woman and he says, you know, I've always told you some version of the truth. Well, that's kind of what this article reminded me of. It's telling us some version of the truth. It's telling us the truth, just not the whole truth. You see, the reality is this, that how we choose to invest our money, what we choose to put our money in is going to have a definite correlation to how good of a retirement we're going to have when we retire. It's not going to have anything to do necessarily with our health per se or how long we're going to live. But you know what? Even saying that, people who have more income tend to take care of themselves better. People that have income tend to live longer than people that don't. And I know that that sounds even basic in and of itself, but the reality is this, that if we want to have a lengthy retirement, if we want to be able to spend as much time with our family and our loved ones doing the things that we want to do, We want to have income, and I preach this every Saturday. But is it really necessary for us to have to work until we're 72? Is it really necessary for us to have to put in 80 hours a week in order to be able to get to this point where we can retire and we can retire having the income that we need to be able to retire? And I think not. So if you're thinking, yeah, that makes sense, or you have questions about our discussion today, I'd like you to reach out to me at 866 290-3837. If you have questions, we will answer them. So take the first step. Reach out at 866-290-3837. That's 866-290-3837. I don't think we'd have to break our backs to be able to save all of this money to get this meager return. And that's the first tip. We need to quit focusing on returns and we need to start focusing on yields. Now, what's the difference, Matthew? It's the same thing, isn't it? No, it's not the same thing. You see, a return is something that you may get or you may not get. And I guess at the end of the day, you could say, yeah, I'm going to get a return either way. I'm either going to get a positive return or I'm going to get a negative return. I don't want my retirement plan to be focused on returns. Why? Because I know that returns are a fickle mistress. I know that returns are not something that's consistent. I know returns are something that I could get today, but I could lose them tomorrow. What am I more so focused upon? 
I'm more so focused upon yield. And what is yield? Yield is the output of what I have worked hard to invest in. Let me give you an example. If I have a rental home, and let's say I buy this rental home for $50,000, and this rental home has, say, a tenant, and the tenant is paying me, I don't know, let's say $5,000 a year in rent. If my rental home goes up in value $5,000, that's a return. That is capital appreciation. My home got purchased at $50,000. It grew to a value of $55,000. Wonderful. Now, can I spend that extra $5,000 of capital appreciation on my rental? And the answer is no. It doesn't affect my life at all. In fact, it hurts me because my property taxes go up. Maybe I've got to get, you know, I've got to adjust my insurance for replacement costs because of that. But what can I spend? Well, I can spend my yield. I can spend the rent. You see, that tenant being inside that rental home, that rental home is is a it's an income producing asset. It's something that I have that's producing an income and I can spend income. I can spend my yield. And that's what we want for our dollars. And you say, yeah, but Matthew, you know, the stock market's always been told to me as something that I need to be investing in. I get it. I absolutely get it. What are they saying about the stock market today? They're saying today that the stock market's going to go up forever, right? That's what a majority are saying. Well, the stock market keeps hitting world record highs. We're going to break through to 40,000 points on the Dow Jones Industrial Average. It's going to continue to go through the rough. It's going to continue to go on. This time, it's different. Let me tell you, one of the smartest and one of the richest men, his name was Sir John Templeton. And Sir John Templeton said the four most costly words in the English language are, it's different this time. It's different this time. And you know what? He was a pretty smart guy. In fact, they've gone back and they've done statistical studies of Sir John Templeton. And they found that when it came to his way of investing in 22 years, of giving investment advice and following his own investment advice, out of 22 years, Sir John Templeton was only wrong once. Seriously wrong just once out of 22 years. I hope someday I look back or my clients look back or my staff looks back or my family looks back and I have the same kind of track record. That'd be great. But you see, the reality is this, that We need to be so very thoughtful about the fact of how we're investing our money so as to be able to determine, okay, am I really making progress towards reaching my goal? And the first thing that we need to realize is that we don't need just points on the board. We need a plan. We need a plan that's going to create income for us. We want to plan for income. And so have you kind of thought about it this way? When you think about working, you are working to create a paycheck. Now, let me ask you, when's the last time that you thought seriously about your money and whether your money is working to create a paycheck for you? It's kind of a totally different question, isn't it? It's a totally different question because you see, I require, when I look at my money, 
I require my money to be creating income, to be creating a yield for me, because even though I know that I can make a quick buck on the market, I could buy some stock and that stock might be underpriced, that stock might be an initial public offering, that stock's likely to go up because of market sediment or trend. That's great, but I can't control any of those things. And I don't know if from one day to the next, if my money's going to be growing or if it's going to be shrinking. So what I want for my money is I want my money producing a steady yield. I want 3%, 4%, 5%, 6%. I want 7% if I can get it on my money. I want interest. I want dividends because those are real. And you see, the reality is even if you've been in stocks your entire life, you don't have to abandon stocks in order to get income. You just need to tweak and adjust the kinds of stocks that you're investing in. So I want to be clear as a fiduciary, as a person who helps literally thousands of people to retire successfully, I want you to have a plan to grade income. And you know what else? There is one other thing that Sir John Templeton said about investing. He said, when everyone else is saying the same thing, a different outcome is likely to occur. And why is that so important? Why do I bring that up? Because just a moment ago, I said, right now, you look at the media and they're talking about how the stock market's going to go on forever. The stock market, there's so much positive sediment. It's going to go on. It's going to go upward. And yet, I don't believe that that's true. I believe that there is likely to be, because of history, some sort of a pullback. And, you know, we have this thing, this old sequence of returns that we have to be attentive of. And sequence of returns is this, that if you retire and the stock market's top on its game, and then you retire and all of a sudden the market hits the azimuth, it hits the peak, and all of a sudden it starts going down, you're going to have a very different retirement monetarily, potentially even income-wise, than the person who retired at the bottom of the market, where the market was at the bottom and the market goes up for the rest of their retired life. Does that make sense? So sit tight. We're going to come back to this, and we're going to be talking about how do we save less but get more. And I encourage all of you as listeners, if you have questions, please go to our website, www.johnson, J-O-H-N-S-O-N, W-I-M stands for Wealth Income Management, Dot com and post your question to us. Reach out to us. Let us know what kind of topics you'd like to hear us discuss on each episode every Saturday morning. Stick tight. You won't want to miss the second half. You're listening to the Capitalized Life and Retirement Program with Matthew Johnson, powered by the Retirement Income Store. Have you missed any of today's program? No problem. You can hear all of our shows online anytime, 24-7 at johnsonwim.com. That's johnsonwim.com. Time now for more of the Capitalized Life and Retirement Program with Matthew Johnson, powered by the Retirement Income Store. And welcome back to the second half of this program, the Capitalized Life and Retirement Show. I'm your host, Matthew Johnson, president and owner of Johnson Wealth and Income Management and Retirement Income Store, located in Clear Lake and Humboldt, Iowa. Well, if you're just joining us, I want to say thank you and I want to say welcome 
Today, we're talking about how to save less and get more. And if you're just joining us, I do hope that you tune in for the next 15 minutes or so, because we really want to close down this discussion about, is it really true that I've got to break my back in order to be able to save for retirement and be successful in retirement? And if you're sticking around from the first half, I want to give you the reward now for being patient because we're going to reveal, I think, what could be considered the top four ways that we can save less in retirement and yet still get more when we're actually retired. We don't have to settle for just 2%. We don't have to settle for even 3% from our retirement portfolio when we retire. I think it's bupkis. I think it's a lot of growth-based advisors telling us, just like this article from CNBC, and to each their own, everyone is able to write what they want to write. But if you've got the background and you've got the business model of stocks and that's your life and you're not, you're close-minded to anything else, then I guarantee you, you're only going to see one particular color of rose. And I think that there's a lot of different things that are out there that can help us become successful in this creation to have a plan that creates income or to plan for retirement. So what's number one on the docket? Number one, and I see this a lot. I see it especially with business owners. I see it with farmers. I see it with a lot of individuals who just, they have not had someone to be able to work with that they felt that they could trust like a fiduciary to be able to help them understand the universe of options that they have. And this first one is big. It's to get all of your money currently working for you. All of it. You heard me. All of your money working for you. Today, we're still waiting for interest rates to come up in the bank. I hate to break it to you, but it ain't going to happen. It's not going to happen. And if it does happen, it's going to be utterly years and years before interest rates come back to where they were. So we owe it to ourselves. We owe it to ourselves, our retirement, our family, to be able to get all of our money working for us. It's silly to have money sitting in cash. It's silly to have money just sitting in a bank account, growing mold, doing absolutely nothing for us. And you see, we tend to segregate money. We say, well, well, this is tax-qualified money. Oh, well, th this is post-tax money. Well, this is Roth money. It doesn't matter, folks. Money is money. Your money is valuable no matter what kind of money it is. And if you have earned it, then it needs to be earning for you. It needs to be yielding for you. It needs to be producing something for you. You've busted your hump for it. Now it needs to be busting its hump for you. And unfortunately, our money only does what we make it do, right? And so therefore, if we're putting in a mason jar, we're burying it in the backyard, it's never going to go anywhere. But we're not doing that. Most of us aren't doing that anyway. So we're taking and we're just simply leaving it in the bank. We're hopeful that something's going to happen with interest rates. It's not going to happen. So every single day where I'm sitting down and I'm working with people, I'm always cognizant to ask them, what they've got for money in the bank, what they've got for money in CDs, what they've got money in money market funds for, and why is it there? Now, sometimes it can be legit because we've got a big financial project. Maybe we've got a child that's getting married or we want to help our grandchildren in college or something like that. And I get that. But outside of that, we really don't need a tremendous amount of money sitting in the bank. And the reason for that is simple. 
most of the big emergencies that come down the pike at us in life, we already have covered. So that means if we total our car, we have insurance, all we need is our deductible. If our house gets damaged from, say, a storm or something, we've got house insurance. We just have a deductible. If we have a problem with our health, we have health insurance. Shucks, man, if you're on Medicare and you have a Medicare supplement, you may not even have a deductible. So it's on us to get as many of our dollars working for us as is possible. Number two, how can we save less and get more? Well, this is going to sound funny, but I need you to reduce your risk. And what do I mean by that? I need you to reduce your risk by taking and re-diversifying your money, reallocating your money more appropriately for the stage of life that you're in. You see, if you reduce your money, let's say you've got a half million dollars of sitting in the stock market right now in various different tools. Maybe you got some stocks, maybe you got some index funds, maybe you got some mutual funds. You need to be able to understand that that's more money than you've likely ever had. And if you sustain a 20, a 30, a 40% loss, you're going to lose money. You're going to be set back further than you would have been, say, a decade or two decades ago if you lost, say, that same 20, 30, or 40%. So I need you to reduce your risk because, you see, if you take, say, that half million dollars, and let's say you take 80% of that off the table, and you've got 20%, you've got $100,000 that you're leaving, Now you can play harder with that money. Now you can speculate harder with that $100,000 than what you may have been doing before because you see, before you were risking all of that money. This is where 401k rollovers really start to come into their own because you see, at the age of 59 and a half, the shackles have come off. You have the ability now at the age of 59 and a half and beyond to take your money And to roll it from that employer plan into an individual plan that's in your name only, that has no connection with your employer. They can't mess around and move custodians. They can't, you know, swap out different investments that you've had for years and give you new ones that you're unfamiliar with. Now you can make that money your own and you can invest it any way you want. And here's another byproduct of this. You see, most people think if they want more of a yield on their money, in other words, they want income through interest and dividends on their money, they want to try to be able to get that 4, 5, 6, maybe even 7% that I discuss. They think that they have to take on more risk. The reality is the opposite is actually true. You have to reduce your risk in order to be able to get more income. Why? Because things that are more income-oriented are going to naturally have less risk. So reducing your risk is going to be one major way that you can save less, but get more. So if you're thinking, you know, that really does make sense. Or if you have questions about today's discussion, call our office at 866-290-3837. Again, that's 866-290-3837. Number three, and this is a big one now, cut the fat and cut the fluff. Cut the fat and cut the fluff. What do I mean by that? Well, today we are riddled with fees, fees, more fees. There is fees on everything, it seems like, right? If you've looked at your local telephone bill, your cellular phone bill, good Lord. I have never seen so many subsets of fees in my entire life. You look at your credit card bill and you see all these fees. Fees are everywhere, but you know where fees also exist? 
Fees exist within your retirement account. Fees exist within your 401ks. When you look at the average 401k and the average fees that a person is going to pay within a 401k or a 403b, it is unbelievable. Representative George Miller of California is a staunch critic of the 401k industry, especially its practice of deducting more than a dozen undisclosed fees from its clients' 401k accounts. Now you got a bunch of economic wizards jumping in and taking money out of your retirement plan, and they don't want to tell you how much. You can't decipher it in simple English, and they're not interested in disclosing it. There are legal fees, trustee fees, transactional fees, stewardship fees, bookkeeping fees, finder's fees, and the list goes on and on. They can eat up half the income in some 401k plans over a 30-year span. So there you heard it, not just from my words, but from someone else's that's talking about the fact that fees are something that are huge and we need to be cognizant of it. If you own things called a variable annuity, variable annuities, not generalizing, not saying that they're all bad because they're probably not all bad, but the reality is, is that fees are laden within variable annuities. And what does that matter to you? What does it matter? Well, after all, it sounded like it had all sorts of bells and whistles. Well, my question is, it is going to matter to you because those fees are going to be charged to you whether that thing performs or whether it sucks. So if the market goes down, it's just another drag on your money. And more importantly, when you begin to start drawing money out of those, say, variable annuities, you have to remember that that set of fees for all of those fluffy type of bells and whistles, those fees are going to be not only drawn when you're not drawing out of your variable annuity, they're going to be coming off from and adding to your withdrawal rate. So even if you're trying to be conservative and not take too much from your variable annuity, you're always going to have those fees in addition to what you're withdrawing. So cut the fat, cut the fluff, get an assessment and have someone really sit down and verify for you exactly what you're paying on so many of the investments that you're investing in today. Number four, and finally, and this is a big one, pay taxes today. You see, we're sitting at the lowest tax rate that we've had in 30 years. I don't know. I've been in this business for over 24 years, to be concise, and I don't remember a time in which taxes were as low as they are today. And what this means is the reality is we know the taxes are going up in the future. We know that they are. They've already told us that they're going up in many respects, and we don't know how many more tax hikes we're likely to experience in the future. But this is where we have to start looking about our taxes and figuring out, okay, does it make sense for me to be able to start to do some Roth conversions today? And what do I mean by that? I mean, taking money from my pre-tax accounts and putting them into my Roth accounts so that down the road, I'm not doubling up on taxes on my social security. In other words, when you draw from a retirement account, you're likely stimulating taxes on your Social Security. That means that you could be creating additional taxes on your Social Security that you didn't even know you were going to have to pay. And so if you can get money into a Roth and you can do it strategically, you can do it carefully, now you're in such a way where you may not have those extra taxes on your Social Security. Number two, deal with the taxes today because it's going to help you avoid paying higher taxes down the road. That goes without saying. But number three, guess what? If you don't do Roth conversions, if you're not transitioning and paying attention to moving money from your pre-tax accounts to your Roth accounts, 
by the time you reach age 72, the IRS is going to be forcing you to take and pay or take withdrawals from your pre-tax accounts and pay them taxes. Are you going to have a choice as to how much tax you're going to pay when you turn 72? No. Do you have any idea what those taxes are going to be when you turn 72? No, not likely. So I would rather do something today than to leave my future in the hands of politicians. I don't know about you, but that just doesn't sound like a good plan at all. So number one, get all of your money working for you. Number two, reduce your risk so you can take the money you choose to leave in the market and play harder with it. Get the rest of your money focusing on yields instead of on gains through capital appreciation because we all know those are fickle. Number three, cut the fat and cut the fluff. Reassess, do I really need all these bells and whistles? Do I really need to be paying this custodian, this advisor when I'm paying him? Do I really need to be paying all these fees in my retirement account? And number four, consider Roth conversions. Pay the taxes now today when you can actually handle the tax than down the road when you have no idea what those taxes are going to be. So there you have it, folks. I'd encourage you, save less and get more. So if some part of today's discussion really resonated with you, reach out to me at 866-290-3837. That's 866-290-3837. I'm Matthew Johnson, President and Owner of Johnson Wealth and Income Management. And remember, it's up to you to make today a great day. Thanks so much for listening. That's all the time we have for today. To schedule 15 minutes with Matthew off the air, call 866-290-3837. That's 866-290-3837. And for more information, visit us online at johnsonwim.com. That's johnsonwim.com. We will be back again next week at this same time for another Capitalized Life and Retirement Program with Matthew Johnson.